0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Time Extend. My name is Adam Ismail, as always, and this week, unfortunately, Brend couldn't make it, but uh, that's all right, because we are talking about uh, Sega GT 2002 and online, a very exciting game, and we have none other than uh, Thunder, THR, Chris, uh, joining us. Um, You are, in my opinion, Chris, the authority on this game, as far as YouTube uh, as far as everything I can find on YouTube is concerned you have tons of videos about it <laughs> and lots of uh, details into hidden content and stuff like that so it is great that you are here how are you doing uh,
1: I'm doing pretty I'm doing pretty well I'd like to say uh, I I mean I guess I would be the and uh, when it comes to YouTube I probably have done more of that game than most people not I wouldn't say entirely but at least when it comes to like hidden content and knowing some of the deep like the uh, the the deeper details about the game I'd probably know I would say a bit more than maybe some of the others
0: (laughs) well it is like you know it does have the unfortunate position Sega GT 2002 of being a Gran Turismo like game when Gran Turismo 3, you know, in the shadow of GT3 and before GT4. Forza's not quite out yet. A lot of these games, unfortunately, have been, I don't want to say lost of time. Like, people people who were around, who had an Xbox at launch, they know about this game. But, like, you don't hear anyone talking about it anymore. You don't hear anyone really remembering it. Unfortunately, it doesn't have, like, like, all the Model Lisa has the art style going for it, right? So, if you show somebody, like, a screenshot of that game, they're like, oh, right, that racing game that looked like Initial D with the cell shading, that was so cool. Or, like, I don't know, Enthusia was kind of passed over, but, like, has that iconic cover with the Vantage on the front and it had that weird kind of conceit to its design, um, but with its, like, very unique career mode. Sega GT 2002... Maybe because it has GT in the name. Maybe people just kind of dismissed it as, uh, as um, you know, and also-ran. But it doesn't get a lot of attention anymore. But, you know, back when this game came out at the end of 2002, in the fall, it was the closest thing that the Xbox had the Gran Turismo, and that was very important for Microsoft.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the reasons why people just don't remember it is it feels like just very much a product of of it of the time just of the era when more, more, more companies were really trying to kind of cash in on that Gran Turismo success and wanted to kind of make their own attempt at a game that would, you know, try to encourage players to give theirs a shot over, you know, what was already becoming the established name and I think a lot of it too why people just don't remember is because it, it just after after Sega GT 2002 online it there was nothing after that and yep. it's pretty it's been up to 20 years now and people don't it's just one of those things that time has made has made it a forgotten game to a lot of people and even more so to the original Dreamcast game which fun fact I actually did grow up playing that game when it was new and yes. not, I don't know how many people could say that but <laughs> it is one of those things where I don't think I blame anyone for for uh, not playing it when it was new, nor nor do I blame anyone who doesn't enjoy playing it in later years. Because, uh, yeah, it's one of those things that when you, especially when you compare it to 2002, it definitely feels very. It definitely feels a lot more, I guess, the quote-unquote wooden. A lot of ways. Yeah,
0: it's a it's a very different game, and like as we as we kind of go into history a little bit more, we can sort of tease into that a bit. But, you know, I I remember very well, I mean, I played this and I played the original at launch, and I remember very well the feeling, years after the game came out, of walking into a GameStop or an EB Games and seeing that used rack of Xbox games, even well into the 360 era, right? Because you had a lot of these stores that were getting rid of their old titles. Oh, yeah. And you would see, it was guaranteed there would be at least five of those uh, Sega GT 2002 Jet Set Radio Future combo packs um and you're you're in canada correct yes yeah so i assume that was like a north america wide thing where they like pushed that game in the u.s and canada or a a double pack and that was like huge for microsoft i think as a get-go like obviously you know halo sold the system without halo the xbox was nothing but i think doing that as a pack in which they did at some point jet set radio future was a i don't know if it was a launch hub was very close and Sega Very GT close. 2002 came out, like, a year after the system did. So, having both of those going into, like, the holiday season, those are two exceptional games. Like, I don't know, you know, out- outside of, like, okay, there's, like, you know, Super Mario uh, Brothers on, like, the NES, right? And and I'm sure there was a version of the Xbox that came with Halo. But, like, you can't think of another system that came with two great games like that. So, these were big.
1: I feel... I feel like um, that. It's funny you actually mentioned that uh, bundle pack because when I first got an Xbox, it was Christmas of 2002. So I had the Xbox that came with that very bundle. So those were the two first games I played on the console when I was a kid. And I think looking back at it, you know, there were consoles beforehand that, you know, that would be bundled with other games, but it was usually only one game, and a lot of times, it may have been thrown in as an extra buy, maybe the store you bought it from, or whatnot. I feel like that 2-pack, though, not only did you get two really good games, I think it was one of the first times where it kind of really proved to, a uh, not just Xbox, but other console makers that you really could get away with p- uh, p- uh, selling your console with games, provi- with a couple of games, and people would be interested in buying it solely for that reason. I feel like it was one of the first to really kind of uh, kind of bring the idea a bit more to the masses that uh, having bundled versions of consoles was something that people would be interested in.
0: Yeah, totally. And I mean, this was also a time, too, you know, we're coming out of Sega ending its home console business. Um, you have these two AAA titles. Uh, you know, Sega... Had an interesting strategy when they were becoming multi-platform. That I think was was a very well-informed one, and it seemed like they really looked at it like, okay, we're going to target our more mature titles on the Xbox. We're going to do more. Like it's not that they didn't do that with the PlayStation Two, but with the PS Two, I think it was more arcade conversions because the PS Two you had Crazy Taxi, Virtua Fighter Four. And there were others, but I think most of the arcade games found the home on PS2, whereas on uh, the GameCube, you had Sonic. You know, Sonic Sonic went straight to a GameCube. Eventually, you know, after Sonic Adventure 2 Battle with Heroes and stuff, they started putting them multi-platform, but like, Sega was very deliberate in where it put each of these. And it, I, I think you know i I, that's not to say it didn't have to do with i'm sure agreements with you know sony and microsoft and nintendo for exclusivity because sega was a hot commodity at the time you had this powerhouse developer publisher that was becoming third party and i think microsoft and and sega microsoft obviously worked together on the dreamcast a little bit because the dreamcast supported windows ce development libraries so i think microsoft was like hey we could use a racing game. You know, they had Project Gotham Racing, but they're like, we could use something that's more like a Gran Turismo. Uh, Sega, <laughs> Sega's made one of those. It was terrible, and we have a very old podcast that talks about the original Sega GT. <laughs> but um, you know, why don't why don't we have them bring that game here? Sega wouldn't have wanted to bring it to the PlayStation 2 anyway. It would have gotten destroyed. I mean, Sega GT 2002 came out in September. Um, Uh, a year yeah i guess a year and a half pretty much after gt3 uh you know i mean maybe maybe people have been up for it on the playstation but grand 3 was just such a juggernaut and and still is that like it's hard to imagine anything succeeding on that platform so bringing it to the xbox was a very inspired move
1: yeah, I, I would say that's probably true about how like you were saying how Sega kind of focused on what games they're going to release per console. It's like it was very clear from the from early on that Sega was they they pushed the uh, the idea of having a lot of their titles be on the Xbox and kind of focusing more towards those that they feel would uh, target a certain demographic as because I think a lot of the people even back then kind of saw the Xbox as kind of like this uh, console that was maybe going to be more for certain, more for a certain t- a type of audience, like the more mature audience and whatnot, uh, more so over the likes of you know the PlayStation 2, which was kind of like for everybody, and the GameCube, which I guess some saw as maybe being a little more ch- uh, children-oriented in terms of the people who were going to be most interested in buying a GameCube. So I think, yeah, that's it, probably a lot of why you didn't see the likes of, you know, arc- as you didn't see as many, like, arcade conversions and you didn't see Sonic until years later when they decided to, to go more multi-platform, and, but, yeah, that's, that's the thing too with Sega GT was, it really was, like, kind of one of the first, like, proper, like, GT-style racing games that the Xbox got around that time. Because before that, you you mentioned you had Project Gotham Racing, and then you you, you did you know uh, the and then you had other ones like Amped, which was like snowboard with snowboarding. You had Rally Sport Challenge, which is you know a pretty pretty serious rally racing game. Uh, but and then you also had like a, 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 a actually excellent NASCAR game in Heat Two Thousand Two. But there really wasn't a GT style there really wasn't that much of a GT style racer by that point even in 2002 and i think they even microsoft knew just how much of a juggernaut gran turismo 3 was becoming and was the the impact it was leaving on people as a whole so i think that because they had such that good relationship with sega in in those early years i think just the idea of you know have have one of their studios push out a, a another a sequel to to you know that Gran Turismo style game, but fix, but address, a uh, kind of go more for its own direction than kind of being a more more blatant like the original was. In in a lot of ways, I think that helped, and it was mm-hmm. it was clear that at least for early adopters of the Xbox, people do remember it, especially because that bundled alongside Jet Set Radio Future helped. But it was one of those things. Just you really was uh. It it was. Something that just it's interesting looking back at now because of how, even now, if in that same bundle, one game is remembered far more than the other, <laughs> yeah. despite the fact that neither of them has seen any sort of re release or any new addition to the series.
0: Yeah, and, and it is sad, and look, I'm not gonna lie, as much as I love Sega GT 2002, I think we can all agree Jet Set Radio is the is the series that needs to come back. It's the one that would that would make the biggest splash, but um, that said, I mean, both these games were great, I played both of them, and I bought them, you know, separately, because we had an Xbox at launch, so it was before the the Holiday 2002 bundle. Um, and Sega GT 2002, to, to get more into this specific game, you know, I... I had it when it came out, um, and I have this distinct memory of of being immediately blown away by it as a, as a kid. You know, I was like, I guess I was nine. So I just remember staying up until all hours of the night playing this game. And it really is the perfect, you know, quote unquote GT clone in that you can tell where the Gran Turismo influence is, but this game very quickly feels like something else it it definitely inspired by the gt sort of um formula but there's something about the car selection of this game that was honestly very inspired very very thoughtfully considered uh polyphony was not going after classics in the way that uh wow entertainment and sega were for sega gt 2002 um the music has a Gran Turismo quality to it, but it's almost jazzier at times. Uh, and the, it's like the game; uh, I, it, it feels it feels like aggressively like of of another era. Like this is not a game, and it's really hard for me to put this into words. But it's not a game that I could imagine coming out today. It's just so there's so many little quirks about it. There's so many little interesting design decisions and novel ideas. Um, One of the things that Sega pushed really hard with this one, and you can kind of see it in the different regional variations of the covers, um, is this idea of generations in sort of the automotive industry. And so that's why in the uh, North American cover, you see the GT90, the 2002 GT Concept, and the Ford GT40, I think, Mark II? Mark II, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the Japanese cover, I think it's the 350Z against the 240Z, if I'm correct. And the, the PAL cover, just the PAL cover is very boring. It's just like a blue road, but like um, that. That teases into sort of the the modes in the game, and and the one that I remember Sega pushed very hard with this was something called the Chronicle mode, and it's sort of this. Um, deeper kind of arcade format style mode where it's actually determined by the car you pick. So there are a number of the older vehicles in the game. And when you start, let's say you pick the Jaguar E-Type. Well, the Jaguar E-Type in the first race you do is going to go up against its contemporaries of the day. When the race starts, it's going to be this sepia tone. And as you drive, it becomes more, you know, the colors start to come in. The saturation comes in over time, which is very it's very cheesy now, but it was very cool in the early 2000s. And uh, if you win that race, then you actually get to go up against cars from the 80s and then cars from the 90s. But each time, you're allotted the ability to upgrade your car. And you also get like this little text crawl in between each one, telling you where the automotive industry is at the time that you're racing. And it's that actually is a very polyf- like that is something polyphony would do now. But. They weren't doing back then, but, you know, Sega was. And uh, I think it's all ideas like that that kind of differentiate Sega GT 2002 from the rest of what was out there.
1: Yeah, for sure. Just the the car list and if it was definitely something that, whilst it had a lot of that polyphony influence because of the sort of, you know the emphasis especially for for japanese vehicles and getting a lot of the cars that were would have been iconic to those players at the time it's just the fact that they really they kind of remembered that you know there was there was a history of cars and that there was you know a sort of like this this backlog that really wasn't being touched by polyphony or even that many other developers even at the time so seeing stuff, you have, you know, you, you get your like your classic, you know, like the, the like the original Mustang, the Chevelle, the Charger, and then even you know like old like classic Japanese cars too, like with the original Toyota Celica and the,
0: the Skyline GTR, the 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 Hakusuka. I think the 2000 GTs in here, the uh, Honda S8. Is it the S8? No, it might be a Toyota. Sports.
1: It's the, it's the sports. It's the Toyota Sports Eight Hundred. There's the Honda S Six Hundred.
0: S Six Hundred. Okay. And then there's the um the Alpine A One Ten. And that's the other thing I love about it. It it's not like like I remember with GT Two. GT Two had a number of classics, but they were all American because they were like we know the American audience wants muscle cars. This game is very region agnostic. You have classics from all over, um all over the world, and uh, it it feels. It's funny because like I look back and GT I think 2002 had I don't know where what the number of the car roster sits at but I think with online it's somewhere in the 160 range and even in 2002 it felt way bigger than that because it just spans so many eras like I always think this game numerically has more cars than it has because it just feels that big.
1: It's the sort of game that even though you know the number isn't quite, you know isn't as big as it seems it's the fact that they just it's so diverse and just the choice of vehicles really kind of gives a feeling of there just is a lot to work with and even for like and then you know when online added the online uh, expansion added additional vehicles and whatnot it, it basically that basically helped it even more so but it's just neat because there's the sort of cars even in Uh, 2002 and online some of the cars that they chose you still don't usually even see most of the other games like you don't really see like a Nissan Mid 4 or the 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 Giotto Caspita in most other games like it's it still feels unique in that sense that they address that those sort of vehicles exist and it's one of these things where I never understand why you know other racing games can't consider them because it it makes them feel forgotten for that very reason. And it's something that I feel that a lot of those cars deserve deserve a better spotlight because they're just so they're they're so special.
0: Yeah, I don't know that the mid four has ever been in another racing game. Um, I see, thanks to internet game car database, I see that there were versions of it fake versions of it in like uh um yakuza and in racing lagoon of course but um yeah this is the only licensed nissan mid 4 as far as i'm aware and i think that kind of exposes one of the unfortunate uh sort of knock-on effects of the way that game design is now especially with like sim racing and I i feel like you know, a lot of these tri- AAA development teams, they won't model a car unless they can, like, get the actual car, you know, have it in front of them, laser scan it, tease over every detail. And while I do love that attention to detail, you know, I don't know where the only Nissan mid-four that has ever been made, you know, maybe there were three or something, but I know there was a mid-four and mid-four too. How many of those are out there? And can Sega get access to it, you know? And, and that's what prevents... I feel like a lot of these forgotten cars from being um, sort of preserved forever in the form of video games. I mean, God, what? Where is the Giado Caspita? <laughs> you know, it's the, the Sega GT two thousand two has a lot of examples of cars like that.
1: It's definitely something, yeah. You're saying just their obscurity is what makes it hard to come by, and it's just. But it's again, it's just a feeling. Just knowing that somebody at least acknowledges that these cars exist especially Mm. it's just it feels it's feel it makes it special because it's the sort of thing that reminds you that there's a lot more to the car industry and the history of what cars in terms of what was made than a lot of people realize
0: yeah and there were a number of other cars i mean we we could we could go on forever just about this fact alone but like i remember you know i didn't I was so young. I didn't know a lot of these cars before I started playing the game. I remember, like, I you win at one point the uh, Tipo 33 Stradale, uh, the Alfa Romeo prototype in, uh, 30, yeah, 33 slash yeah, 2. You win that from a race, and, like, I had never seen anything like that before in my life. That was the coolest car in the world to me. And actually, in Sega GT Online or uh, both 2002 and online it is a very competitive car i mean it's one of those like late game cars that you can like because you can just make it it's already so light you can make it even lighter it's mid-engined and like you can just like the gt concept like you can kind of take some of these cars to the end of the game where things get things get very very difficult but that's another story entirely
1: yeah uh, but it's it's interesting pointing out the uh, the 33 in particular. It's just because that car, it really has a co- it's it has a bit of a complicated uh, sort of. Uh, I'm trying to think of the, the right way to ex- just to explain this, but it's it's a sort of like complicated kind of uh, history with uh, in terms of. Play those who play Sega GT because either you you either acknowledge that that is a really cool vintage vehicle and that that is highly competitive because of how how light the thing is and just how agile it is, and you use and you use it against other vehicles and you realize just you know it's one of those cars that just that just really stands out for that reason, or you're like most players and realize wow this is a car I can sell for a lot of money. And so they end <laughs> up selling it because they realize, oh, well, I can get all this money for it.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the thing... The thing about Sega GT 2002 <laughs> is that it gets to a point... I mean, I remember when I was playing it for the first time, I was very endeared to it. And, you know, it'd be really cool if if uh, you could kind of share your, your sort of way that you found the game as well. But, like... Uh, Very quickly, the way that the difficulty ramps up in this game just kind of transforms it into a very frustrating experience, if I'm honest. Um, There have been videos, and and, uh, Chris, I know you've partnered a lot with Zen and kind of bringing some of these... um, hidden aspects of the game to uh to everyone's attention but uh something that zen did and he he did a video that you can find on youtube as well is it kind of reveals the late the way that the ai works late in the game in sega gt 2002 where there's like a first lap boost of like i I don't exactly remember the numbers but it basically halves the weight of all the opponent cars and then increases the power by a factor of 1.5 so like it doesn't matter what other cars are in the race are on the grid as you they will all just rocket away at the start and only after the first lap or the first like the first and a half lap uh they'll start to come back down to sort of normal qualities but even then they won't be you know they they won't be really fair the game will be cheating and if you look at some cars like for example the Caterham super seven is in this game this is a game where you- <laughs> The, the AI, you know, it will create a version of the Super 7 that weighs, like, 200 pounds and has, like, 500 horsepower. And it's just way, it's way faster than anything else in the game. And, you know, you can kind of pick out early on, Like, okay, like, the 33 is the most competitive. The Ford GT is pretty competitive. The, G- the gl Speed is very competitive. But if you're not using one of those cars, you, you pretty much have no hope.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Just it's something i that it c- kind of really opened my eyes a lot when i found out through zen just about how egregious it got cuz i always remembered even back then just these these cars the pace they would have especially later on just the artificial difficulty was just so obs- even it was pretty absurd like and it's not to say that like other games at the time uh, were not also guilty of doing the same thing like even Gran turismo 3 does it as well but it's one of these things where, like, it's just... You really... Like, it goes from, like, uh, just kind of being on the same level as you to just this extreme, uh, just absurdity where it's, you know, one and a half times the power, and, you know, they weigh about half of as much as uh, you can actually ever get them to be. And it's yeah. just... They just propel themselves off for that reason. And it's like... And it's clear why they did it. It's just, you know, artificial difficulty and whatnot. But... Just it's one of those things. I just sit here thinking, you might have wanted to, you may have wanted to kind of uh, take a different approach with this, especially because <laughs> it's for some certain events. It it makes it I'm all either insanely hard, or in the case of one in particular that I remember for years, impossible until I discovered that there was a trick rep to kind of get around it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, I think one of the differences between... Because lots of old racing games cheated, obviously. We all know this. But, like... Yeah. The difference, I think, with Sega GT is that it, does it, it doesn't try to hide it, in my opinion. Like... No, you'll go to those late races and you'll look at the grid. You will be sitting, you, you will you will have a Giotto Caspita or that like Auto Union Streamliner, like one of those like really crazy weird prototypes in the game or the Mac. And you'll be seeing on this grid. You'll look, you'll see, okay, there's a Lancer Evo 7. There's an R34 GTR. None of these cars look that fast they could they can't be and then the race starts and they're gone it's because they're way faster than those cars could ever be um not even you know let alone real life but you can't make them that fast in the game and yeah eh, i mean you know it's sega it's a developer coming from a history of of arcade i mean i'm not saying that they didn't care about these things because clearly they had a, a love for automotive culture or else this game wouldn't have ended up with the uh with the inspired roster that has but it you know a game of a different era and nowadays I think it's not that big a deal because like I can I know it and it kind of is like a cute quirk of it but like back in the day especially when I was a kid I that was ultimately a thing that forced me to put the game down was I was just like this sucks like I I just hit the wall I hit hit a a skill issue as you might call it I mean I was a kid so (laughs) you know I, I wasn't very good at the game
1: yeah, I I think I remember even back then it did take me a little bit. I I was some sub- I think because I pretty much grew up so much around just playing racing games that I was able to adopt to it pretty quickly, but I I do think it took me a bit of a, a few attempts as well even back as a kid. But it's it's just it's yeah it's like you said just again like it's it's clear why it was done they didn't want people to just you know rush through the game and just get it all done like in one go and I think that's why they put that uh that you know those about uh, those you know fat more power and and having the weight and whatnot so that it would make the players you know kind of have to fight for the win at at the at the same time at the risk of just it just feel to some people it can just feel pretty cheap seeing these vehicles that you don't think are going to be that sort of fast and then they just take off and you and you're just sitting there just bewildered at why they're going at such a pace and it's is and then it becomes more insulting when as the race goes on, they they especially after the first lap, they gradually start losing all that extra power, and then you rea- and then you start catching up with them, and you realize, well, why are they going so suddenly so much slower? So it's 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 one of those kind of things where it's, it almost feels like it's insulting you for that reason.
0: Yeah, it's just kind of teasing teasing you, but yeah, it's it's another quirk of a game with many. I mean, there are so many weird aspects about this game that I uh, aren't quite captured in, in other racing games or, or aren't very sophisticated and would be done again differently and probably better. Like, I recently revisited online <clears throat> um, through an Xbox 360, actually, uh, because I, I didn't have my original Xbox on hand, and um, I had forgotten about how interesting the replays are in this game because this was a time before photo mode was a thing, Uh, but they kind of created this proto photo mode in which the replay would run and you couldn't have access, you couldn't freely move the camera, but you could choose between like seven or eight different camera angles and press a button. Uh, You know, I I think it was, if it wasn't the A button, it was like the white or the black button and snap a photo. Um, snap like up to six photos or something during a race and then you would be able to choose one or a few To put on the wall of your garage because this game had like a fully modeled garage where you could put um, You could put your different uh, Awards that you would won from winning races and you could also Just place like little pieces of furniture. It wasn't like all the modelista in terms of like you could map out your garage on the grid or whatever but there were slots for things and there was a parts store in the used parts store. You could buy like a jukebox from the used parts store and find the place to put that in your garage. And it's just like, I don't know, the photo mode I think is really funny because it'll also give you like a, you know, a text crawl about the car depending on what car you're looking at. And they're not very long and they're also not translated extremely well. But, um, you know, that was something that uh, was, was pretty neat back in the day. I also remember in like the upper right corner, it said, uh, you know, Canon was the, they had a Canon sponsorship in this game, but it was written next to the logo. Canon is the official camera supplier. Like that would like verbatim. Canon is the official camera supplier. Not of Sega GT 2002. Just, just in general, just Canon. They want people to buy Canon products. (laughs) Just please,
1: please buy our cameras. Don't think about those other brands that you might be saying, please buy Canon. I was Yeah, I was going to say quickly, but yeah, it, it is interesting you point out about the the garage thing. I don't really know many other games, out, apart from Auto Mona Lisa that really even did a sort of thing of just being able to add stuff to your garage and kind of personalize it. Like, yeah, it's very primitive. You can't exactly choose where it goes in your garage. You just find, it's just, you, you buy a thing or you win a thing and it just put, it puts it in a location for you. So it is somewhat primitive, but it's still even still just the fe- the the feeling of you can per- you know you can add stuff to it to give it more to give the garage a little more character and make it seem like a little more lively is still really neat and even even years later i just i don't years later i don't think there's that many games that uh, that have such a feature
0: yeah i think you know we also have to recognize that like this was an era where this, and also I would say the next generation of consoles following this, was a time when 3D menus, anything that kind of brought you into the game world when you weren't actually in gameplay, was very much, um, it was, it was kind of the flash of that and the immersion of that was something that a lot of people, or a lot of developers were chasing. It was very popular. So, like, you know, I'm thinking of, this is quite a bit later, obviously, but I'm thinking of, like, Burnout Paradise, how when you go through the car selection, the car falls from the crusher, like, or from the crane, like, things like that. Um, Sega, the, th- the problem with that is, in a lot of games, when it's not done well, or depending on, you know, the hardware, those menus can take forever to load, the car model might take forever to load, but everything's, you know, Sega GT 2002, it's not immediate going from menu to menu, but things load pretty quickly models swap in quickly enough and it's not frustration it's not frustrating at all like I remember when I was a kid it was the the type of you know menu design that was like very appealing and sort of made the game feel a little more special, a little more personal. Um, you see that in the the ability to sell a car and you can sell cars in Sega GT 2002 much like you can in Gran Turismo, but you can also privately sell a car. Where it will be displayed outside your garage, with like a for sale sign in front of it, and you have to wait a couple of in-game days for somebody to buy it, and like even that is just a funny idea. Um, I remember that was just like very novel at the time. It's
1: definitely something that again most games haven't even don't give the th- uh, the consideration of as. Just being able to put your vehicles up for sale and it just sits outside and you have to wait some time to, before someone buys it. And I also like how even uh, I, I like how even even as well with with the with the, the whole putting up for sale is that you can even adjust the price of the vehicle. So if you want yeah. to wait, if you feel like you you can you can wait it out longer, you can set it for a higher price. Or if you feel like you you need you just need a bit of money quicker, you can lower the price so that it'll sell sooner. It's just that sort of like yeah. you have you have that range and it's like you have that ability to kind of to uh, set your price and it's just it's very unique because in a lot of ways I feel it predates what would eventually become things like the auction house and the Forza games. Sure.
0: Yeah, and it's you know I. I it's fine because when we have these conversations, I always hate saying this because I hate to give other people who are smarter than me more work to do. But I really wonder if like someone like Zen could find out like what's the you know how does that work? Like I'm assuming every car has an acceptable range under which it will sell, and there is a cap. There is something at the top that like okay the car will not sell for you know you can't a lantern Evolution will not sell for more than fifty thousand credits or something like that. So, um, but I would love to know. <laughs>
1: So what I do know about that, cause is, um, uh, at least in terms, I don't know about mentioning like if there's a if there's a point where cars will just not sell at a certain price point. That I don't know. But what I do know is if you do, if you notice, every vehicle that you sell through there, uh, the the default price that is set for them is always half of what the car sells for in the dealership. Hmm. So when me and Zen were testing, uh, you know Sega GT Online, where we made every vehicle accessible in the dealership uh, per- and purchasable. That's something that we, you know, I picked up and we noticed is that every car, ha- its price that it's set to default when you put it for sale is fifty percent off what it goes for in the in the dealership when it's brand new.
0: That's that's very interesting, and yeah, that the other thing too is you know is uh, you were just saying you you guys were able to with a mod or with a patch kind of make the cars that can't normally be purchased through a dealership um you set, you gave them all prices and uh i love when you're going through a dealership because a lot of cars can only be won as prizes it says not for sale and even there there's like a do not touch sign in front of it and it's like cordoned off with like a kind of like a velvet rope going around the car (laughs) um little cute touches like that uh this game has a lot of um it holds a lot of secrets and i don't even mean that in the sense of like cut content but like you know you might go into the used parts dealership on a random day and find that there is a secret turbo that you can't normally buy you know and they'll disappear uh knowing about those things it's almost a shame because like if this was a gran turismo you know it's like those black uh Group C, Le Mans cars, and GT4 that only show up on certain days of, of the year. Like, everybody would know what day that is, but because Sega GT 2002 is just this thing that's completely like obscure now, um, there are all of these little little qualities to it that I feel like we don't you know, I'm, I'm sure they won't be that hard to figure out, it's just like not a lot of people have kind of given the time to doing it because, um, you know, it's 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 kind of an old thing at this point.
1: Yeah, def- uh, definitely, too. And it's, like, it's interesting, too, you're talking about, like, secret parts, because this is something that, uh, it always annoyed me is when I knew about it when I was younger, that when I found out that they actually fixed it in online, it made me a lot happier knowing about it, so... In Sega GT 2002 and online, there's these special events which always which always appear, and you you know you can race them whenever. And a lot of them have like certain themes. Like some of them might just be straight up races. Others will be like, you know, you can, you need to race a seventy a vehicle from the 70s, 80s, 90s. You need like a hot hatchback. You need like right. a supercar. And so, some of a few of those events, I think in the more so in the second half of the game. Like like when you pass like the, the the first part of the quote unquote like the official races, uh, some of those events actually give out parts like, uh, uh, like 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 even like higher versions of like certain parts. The problem is, I remember in two thousand two, you either had to choose to do the event during the first par half and get like certain vehicles, or you do it in the second half and get the hidden parts. You couldn't get both. Yes. But so it was annoying that like you had to choose between them and then what i later discovered that they actually fixed that in online where you could it didn't matter if you did it first half or second half you just get it i regardless it was nice it was like one of those things where it was nice to see that they had addressed that problem
0: yeah there if i remember correctly it might be it's either the renault clio or maybe a 5 turbo or a Peugeot 205 but like there there is there's like an old French rally car that depending it's, on it's, when you do it sorry you, you know what this yeah you're talking about the... those are the two hot hatch uh cars
1: the Clio V6 for the normal prize and the yeah. 205 T16 for the special prize uh and I and again the special prize is interesting cuz it took me years to figure out how to get that those cars
0: I don't even remember. How do you get them?
1: <laughs> so, uh, with the exception of of the drag the drag racing and the 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 white steps uh, like that rally event, sure. Uh, in order to get a special prize in Sega GT Two Thousand Two from the event races, you have to uh, on the last lap of whatever race you're doing, you have to advance three positions. It doesn't matter if you go sixth <laughs> to third or fifth to second. Uh, or wow. of course, fourth to first. If you advance three positions in the last lap or more, you, it, it, like you could go from sixth to first and it'll still count it. That's how you get the special prize. Is it is advancing three positions. The only exceptions to this are the drag racing events, in which you just have to win the event three times over, and the the white steps like the snow rally stage, which I believe you only have to win two times over.
0: And they don't tell you this. Like, that's the other hilarious thing about Sega GT 2002, is I I get the sense, like, you know, not like it was, I don't know if it was a rush game, I, I, you know, I have no insight to any of those things, but it almost feels like they either didn't really care or maybe didn't have time to kind of engineer... It was also a different time of, like, game development where, you know, making these things clear wasn't so much the, the developer didn't feel like they had the responsibility to do it. That I feel like that was kind of the culture. But, like, yeah, there. so there's that aspect to it. They just don't tell you how to get the special prize. And then there's also, like, I remember the the experience of doing the, um, the special races because, you know, we, we kind of elude this a little bit. There's the official races, which is just a series of events that for the most part really only award word cash prizes, right but that kind of dictates your level or your placement your progress in the game and then there are the special races um and the special races are the ones that give out like prize cars you can do them repeatedly but they might give out different things and um the special races i always thought was funny because they'll show you like a little picture of the track in the corner of the screen of where you'll be racing but they won't tell you the name of the track and I guess like as a kid I, I remember I never knew what any of these tracks were called because <laughs> I wouldn't do the arcade mode which like in the arcade mode you could choose a track and they have names but like when you do it in the special races it just gives you a picture and I'm like all right I guess unless I'm reading like the board on the gantry when I start the race of the name of the track, I don't know what this track is called. This is, like, I remember the, um, of, like, Sun Orchard Park or Brick Raceway or whatever, that to me was, like, the old castle track, because there was a castle in the middle of the track, and that was the only way I could identify it. <laughs> There's some things I feel like were a little bit messy or a little bit undercooked.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's, just, it's kind of funny, like, thinking about that in retrospect of just how they they kind of skimped on the little stuff like that because it's like you said if you if you didn't play the if you never if you never played the the arcade mode you wouldn't know what the tracks are called unless you just looked up at the gantry at the start and which even some of those like you know especially for people who may have had just you know like a like a, uh, an old crt tv with the old uh, composite cables they're not always oh the God. clearest to see you're never but gonna see it <laughs> Yeah, and the one thing I I was gonna mention because I did forget to say this earlier because I was going in about how you get the special prizes, you are you were correct though in saying it's the Hot Hatch event because the the events I remember because it's that one, the Hot Hatch event, the Touring Car race, and the and the uh, Group B monsters, those are the ones that give you the, the special part. So the Hot Hatch event you get is the one where you have to choose. Okay, do I want if and this is not the case if you play online. If you just play 2000 the, the original 2002, it's okay, do I do it the first time around and get these two cars or do I do it the second time around and I get like the super racing muffler? <laughs> uh, as and then with Group B and touring the Group B, you know, if you do it to, if you just wait to do it the second time around the second time around it'll have like an MR2, like the, uh, the, the Toyota MR2, the 222D, yep. the, the, the car that never ended up racing, uh, going and rallying. Yeah. Uh, that's a special prize for that one. But if you do, you know, beat the groupie monsters, you can get like a stage three turbo, which is really helpful. And then if your car sure. is, nor, and then if your car is naturally aspirated or, you can do the, the touring car race and it'll give you the stage three version of that. So it's really those two events you never have to worry about because they're better just doing in the second half. It's just the hot hatch event where they, I think they 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 must have realized by online, like, oh, we made a mistake and that's when they fixed it.
0: Yeah, and it'd probably be good to to sort of, there's, you know, we're 45 minutes into this. So there's so much that I want to talk about with these games because they're just so interesting to me. But um, it'd be good to kind of, flesh out a little bit of you know we keep saying 2002 or online And if you're not familiar with these games um sega gt 2002 was the original release and then a little more than a year later like a year and three or four months in january of 04 i believe uh they released an updated version called sega gt online with a bunch of new cars i think two new tracks and of course online functionality and the thing that i distinctly remember about this and it's funny because if i open up my my case i still have the receipt from january 04 when <laughs> my brother bought the game for me it was 20 dollars um you know this wasn't a patch that you paid for even it was a full game that sega just released for 20 dollars uh which is unthinkable now. And it's, I mean, it's maybe the best $20. Like between that and like ESPN NFL 2K5, that was also $20. Like S- Sega was like completely just um blowing away the budget competition in those days
1: it's yeah 20 like it was really in hindsight it, it's really cool that they, they just decided okay well here's all these you know we're gonna have a bunch of brand new vehicles you know we're gonna have a couple new tracks we're gonna add more tuning parts we're gonna uh, add a couple new like event uh, mode types that you can do and of course we're gonna have online on top of that and it was just a 20 dollar like expansion disc and it was really neat that they did that but it's also flawed in the same way because they were i remember uh, looking into articles they were you know they're planning a little more than what they actually did because the one thing i remembered i think what got a lot of criticism from for that online version back in the day was i think they were origin they were originally planning to make it so that you could transfer over your save if you had completed the game before on the original 2002 so that on mm-hmm. online you 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 know you just have a whole bunch of stuff and you're ready to go And then they kind of skimped out on that when the game actually released because you just have the perk option in the options menu, which was literally
0: called perk. It's just like save, load, perk.
1: And all the perk did was if it just detected that you had a save of the game, uh, you uh, it, would, it basically would just give you like $100,000 up to and and yeah. and even then you had to have at least had that money in your original 2002 save because if you only had like say the, the default starting amount it would only add like that starting amount on top of what you start with mm-hmm. of course it's online which is the same yeah
0: yeah and you know the online here's something that I was looking for YouTube footage of this and I know I think you may have uploaded the video or somebody else playing the game online through like excellent Kai or something Um,
1: yeah I've done some excellent Kai that's my only way I've really ever truly played it quote-unquote online is through the system link option on excellent Kai with uh, the likes of Casey and people from the Xbox Kai fam discord group
0: (laughs) very very cool star studded the star studded cast of players Um, did you uh, did you all check out some of these modes I wasn't even aware of. I found this IGN review, and it's funny because, like, back in the day, IGN completely tore this game apart for having very, I guess, unstable and sort of unfinished and weirdly baked online functionality, which is not at all surprising for you know, game in the early 2000s um, when everyone was figuring this out. But some of these modes, like, first of all, I didn't know that you could trade cars and parts. That's really neat. And you could also, like, buy other people's uh, cars and parts, I guess, if they put them up for sale. But there's this mode called Navigation Battle where, um, I guess, two people team up and there is a driver and a navigator. And the driver, I guess, it sets the fog to max so they can't see where they're going. <laughs> and then the navigator, you know, who you're playing with, has to tell you where the turn it, where the next turns are, um, where you're going. And then you can, you know race the AI or race our people that way that's that's kind of an interesting one that that almost seems to me like a Wii U type game mode where it's like you know if you're playing on the TV versus the gamepad you have a different experience
1: oh yeah that's that's the thing I really wish I was able to experience when it was new but unfortunately like I got into it too late my first proper online console experience wasn't until PlayStation 3 so I was a bit of a late adopter but what I was able to at least do, and I, I actually prepared for this prior to coming on to this podcast. I wanted to try and find out as much as I could about the online mode, as, like at least as much information as I was gonna be able to, fi- as I was gonna be able to find. So, uh, so this so this is what I was able to to find. So you did mention about you know the navigation battle, which was like kind of like having a co-driver, like if it was like a rally event or something. Uh, and you also mentioned about trading vehicles and parts too, uh, which is which is interesting because of uh, circumstance and also kind of like a bit of a, a big oops on Sega's part. So in Sega GT Online there's actually about nine or so vehicles, and I have the full list of vehicles here, uh, that you can never purchase in these mm. any of the other modes. Those are the Alfa Romeo 156 GTA, the C1 Chevrolet Corvette, the the 60s Chevrolet Camaro Z28, the Mustang GT Concept, Jaguar XKR, the Mercedes-Benz SSK, like the old, really old vintage car, the... Lancer Evolution 8, the S15 Nissan Sylvia, and the Firebird Trans Am Ram Air.
0: That's <laughs> always were, like, the one I remember, the Ram Air.
1: <laughs> yeah. So those vehicles, they were never made purchasable because when the game was originally online, they were supposed to be given out as prize vehicles for like like whether it's like, you know, set the be- set like the f- set like the best time you can on this track and the fat like a assert- like you know, the top this amount will get will end up getting the car. Or like certain races, where like if you can win this race against people, we'll give you this car. So, and that, that was the whole idea. Like they were supposed to be like special vehicles for those who were able to accomplish those uh, those tasks, which is you know kind of neat and also slightly annoying, especially when the online's gone. Yeah. But unfortunately, I don't think they I don't think they realized that people could kind of figure out ways to trade those vehicles online and hmm. then dupe them. So that that way they could sk- <laughs> they give it out to way more people than they ever initially in- anticipated. So people found out I, th- from what I understand, pretty early on that you could dupe these vehicles. And when, when once that was blown open, it basically it didn't really matter, or like so one so you know people would have these vehicles then they just you know they put them up and duped them over and over so sure. people could easily get their hands on it so it was kind of one of those maybe they should have uh maybe they should have looked that over a little bit better
0: yeah i mean i, I would imagine like reading some of this I, I i would imagine that um the you know this was a very early time for online gaming obviously so not even like not having the foresight to know that people were going to do that or even think about like, you know, how are these cars going to become available once the servers go offline? You know, today we talk about these things, but those, that was not the conversation in 2004. The conversation was like, Xbox live exists now. Why wouldn't it exist forever?
1: (laughs) It's just one of those things where I think they really expected that everyone was going to be jumping onto it. And I just kind of going online because people especially back then they never thought these servers were eventually going to go offline no one ever thought that they, they they're thinking even with the original xbox live it's oh it's up that means we can just play it whenever and then yeah. of course 2010 happened and we never and you know <laughs> original xbox live was gone and it, it kind of just left that big gap uh, uh but going into the online another thing you were you were mentioning earlier and i was gonna say as well uh you were talking about like the uh, how like IGN and I even remember an old GameSpot like video review, that kind of pointed this uh, same thing out, was how uh, it was very laggy if you had a bad network, <laughs> like yeah. some like there is footage from that like I remember the 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 old GameSpot review in particular, um, there's one in particular I think they're on Blue Steel Speedway. Someone is, there's there's two cars of particular note. One's in a uh, Honda Tiger Type R. Uh, the DC five, basically what we knew is the Acura RSX, right. and there's an, someone else in the old, and I again, this is another car that I'm surprised isn't in more games, the Auto Union Type C Streamliner, like an old, <laughs> yep. th- like this thirty, this car from the 30s that Auto Union made purposely for the sole intent of going as fast as possible, and it legitimately, for a 30s car, could do over like 230 miles an hour, I think. Right.
0: I mean, you say that, but I'm sure it's coming to the Gran Turismo Seven. And it's going to cost 20 million credits. So, oh, get ready. Can't, I can't.
1: I sure can't wait for that. <laughs> uh, but, um, but what I remember from that footage in particular. So, the game. If you did not have a very good connection, yeah, people's networks were, were pre- could be bad, especially if you're considering like 2004 era internet. Uh, and I, 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 even in Japan, where this game came out in like Christmas 2003, I can't imagine it was that much better, even, even over in its native country. But right, um, just if your if your network was poor, you you know you had an unstable connection where like your ping fluctuated really badly, or you know you just your internet was rather slow. You would basically be jumping all over the track and be, you you you'd, or and you you wouldn't be very smooth at all. Like some driver like. Like the Integra person must have had an okay internet, but not, but it was still like, you know, it was still visibly kind of twitching and jumping on the track. Like it was not smooth. And then the Audio Union had like, whoever had that in it, it was like, it must have been really bad because constantly, and this is in their official video review for GameSpot, it constantly like, turns to, like, to the wall, and then suddenly just jumps, like, way forward, like, constantly over and over, <laughs> and, over and over again, even getting in the way of the person who was filming the footage. Hmm. And apparently, people just must have taken that as initiative to troll players online, because from what I understand, uh, if you bumped into players, you, it wouldn't... It was. Not always a guarantee that you could uh, really push them out of the way. So some people, like if they were not taking the game seriously at all, they would literally just par- uh, go to a, a narrow section, park their car on the side, so that basically they create a roadblock, and it would it would stop people from uh, getting forward and basically uh, try to uh, stop them from racing. And it was it's like yeah, this is maybe maybe this is like one of these things where I'm sitting here th- in especially in retrospective thinking maybe they should have had people test that to make sure that that couldn't be done online
0: yeah i mean look there's the silver lining if you want to take a positive away from all of this it's that you're not missing that much by not being able to play sega gt online you know naturally I mean, in 2022 i mean you you can you know there's some there's a novelty to it i'm sure
1: it, it, you can through the the system link, but your feature's are very sure, limited. Sure. Like yeah. you could, like literally, all it is is just you can have up to six people racing. That's all you can do currently. Because I was gonna say, like you know, the thing too, like because I really, like I said, I really try to look into this thing online with like, um, about you know the networks of the, of the players who would troll and the duping and stuff. Uh, and you know, of course, it didn't help too that the game had no penalty system, so if you could just easily just ride the walls. And that apparently became an issue too with those time trial uh, competitions I was talking about. Like, there was weekly competitions they do like each week when the game was new. And, you know, a lot of those, some of those would be like time trials and whatnot. And uh, because the game is the sort of one where you can cheese the walls and kind of just ride the walls and go a lot faster, it kind of made it so that people would just easily cheese their way to the top of the time boards and i don't know if they ever really addressed that like if they would remove their times or whatnot but i do know that there was an option where you could download a person's ghost to see their time their time and like follow their line and yeah you'd see people just their ghosts of their cars just kind of like wide riding the walls and whatnot so it was, but it was but even despite all that the fact that it had like you know these these time trial competitions. It had like downloadable ghosts. It had like a ranking system to rank like you know the best uh, who were the best players uh, and whatnot. It was really neat to see yeah. because because it you know again not, not too many games were doing that at the time. Like I know like Xbox Live. I they were. It was interesting how they try to really adopt the idea of like ranking systems in, in certain games. Like not every yeah. game was doing it, but it was just it's just. It's one of these things where you almost take for granted now because it's become so standardized.
0: Yeah, you know, this was a time of of a lot of fresh ideas. Um, and it, it only makes sense that, you know, some of them weren't fully understood, fully baked, didn't really know how the player base was going to receive them or exploit them. Um, even on the technical side, something, I, something that I am impressed but also kind of drives me uh, crazy about online is that online technically supports 720p, um, and this is something I don't like. I looked up information on this from like other players and stuff, but it's really hard to find. But it only does in certain modes. So if you do the gathering mode, which was a mode that they added the Sega GT online that has some of these like brief time trial-esque challenge. They're basically Gran Turismo license tests. You, you need to get through a certain... You need to get to a goal by a certain time. I think some, a lot of them are checkpoint sort of um, uh, arranged in terms of how, however many checkpoints you cross. They're like GT missions. And those are ways that you can unlock some of the new content that is in Sega GT Online. That mode supports 720p, which for 2004... It's very impressive uh, on the original Xbox. From what I understand, the Xbox did not have the VRAM to do that at sixteen by nine. So it, it is seven twenty p, but only in the you know, only in the four by three window, whatever that re- resolution technically is. Um, so that mode works in seven twenty p. The time trials might as well,
1: but they the do. rest of
0: okay, the rest of the game doesn't. Because the rest of the game has six cars on screen and stuff, so that, that makes more sense. But the unfortunate thing about Sega GT 2002 is it does not... It is a tough game to play on the new display today. Because whatever anti-aliasing solution that they went for with that game, whatever primitive AA they had, it, it makes the whole thing look like, you know butter has been smeared all over the <laughs> lens or whatever it just it's just very very muddy and cloudy um so if you play the gathering mode it's like oh this game looks great and then you know you go back to 2002 you're like oh god like what what am i looking at here it's so ugly but then on top of that the, the the whole thing about the six cars like it in modes where you're actually driving against other cars like it's not 720p that doesn't even hold up because if you're doing the Sega GT 2002, that's what the career mode is called, and you're you're watching a replay or even arcade mode replay or something, there is exactly one camera angle that (laughs) plays back, I don't know if it's at 720p or if it is without anti-aliasing, but it looks way sharper than every other camera angle that you can select. And it's like, just such strange decisions around like resolution and present graphic presentation and stuff like that in this game that like unfortunately are are, you know coupled in with the fact that this is 2004 this we were in a massive sea change you know that was unfolding about display technologies and the move from CRTs a lot of things were happening at that time but it It does kind of make me laugh. It does make the game a little bit difficult to go back and play the original hardware now because, I mean, that's really the only way you can play it because, you know, emulators aren't there yet. But um, I was playing on my 360, as I was saying, and, like, I had to make my 360 some insane resolution, some weird non-standard resolution um, in the system menu because depending on what I set it, like, either gathering mode will look good, but then, you know the 2002 mode would be like 16 by 9 squished in the 4 by 3 so everything was narrow or it could make it so that that looked okay but then gathering mode wasn't right like it this game is a mess and i guess this speaks to a a wider point to end my my ramble that it's really crying out for xbox emulation to get a little bit better so we can enjoy it in in more of a in, in a smoother way i think
1: oh yeah absolutely it was it was really neat to see that they experimented with the idea of 720p. But it it is one of those things where like looking back at it, it's like maybe if if the game couldn't really support it in 16 by nine, and you couldn't have like multiple cards, maybe you should it might maybe in retrospective, even if it would have looked visually worse, you probably should have left it at the 480p mode on, on all occasions, which you know technically you can do if you just force your console to only output at 480p. But if yeah. you, you know, not, I don't think many people are going to be willingly doing, are going to willingly do that. Because, yes, whilst only so many games supported it, it's, it, if it's there, people are going to, you know, they'll want to use it. Yeah, but, uh, and I
0: mean, 2002's 480p, like, that's kind of my other issue, is, like, it's a very muddy game. So, like, I, I remember I was talking to, um, you know, Andrew Elmore, who is, like, a knows everything when it comes to this stuff, like, especially, like, weird Xbox tech, <laughs> and, like... I was like, this game, this isn't for APs. Like, yes, it is. I'm like, why does it look so bad? It looks really bad. <laughs> it was made for CRTs. I mean, that's, that's what it is. Like, it was that kind of anti-aliasing, that very sort of smooth look. Like, it looks great on the CRT. I remember playing on the CRT when I was younger, and it, it was just phenomenal. It had that kind of Sega, that, like, colorful sheen to it, and just the reflections on the cars. The colors really popped. It was a beautiful game. But unfortunately, you take that now, and and just with the difference in display technology, it just doesn't hold up as well.
1: Yeah, it's just it's one of those things where you, you, it was very you know CRTs were pretty much all the rage at the time because that's all what people had back then. So people, you know, kind of got used to uh, the feel the feeling of just um, feeling of, of just you know. This is how, this is the TVs we're going to have for the foreseeable future, so when people, you know, would design their cars, they would, they would, they'd make it so, they would, you know, they'd make it so that um, it would be, it would look great if you had one that was capable of components. But of course, since we've now moved away from that, you see all the flaws and how it kind of just looks like there's like a, a layer of Vaseline applied over the game. As a result, so it it, it it just it looks like it's out of fo- slightly out of focus and it's, all the time, and it's <laughs> and it's like no, that's just how the game was. So it's one of those things where hopefully, as we continue to get advanced with like Xbox emulation, that could kind of remedy a lot of that sort of stuff. Uh, one thing I want to mention: there's a there was a mode in the original online called Battle for Twelve. And it was uh, I I don't know if it, I, I don't believe it was with every event. I know one of the, the two tracks they added Buffalo Hill in particular. Um, they may, they they actually had it so that you could have you could have up to 12 players driving on the track at once, which is like wow. double usually what the game could do. Yeah, and that's that was very something impressive. that. It was something that, you know, me and Zen later discovered that, you know, most of the tracks, you can have, like, more cars on the on race. Like, that video, you talk about the power multipliers, like, how, that when where, you know, the cars start with, like, one and a half times the power. Uh, they had it, so it's like, um, you know, uh, in that video itself, I meant to say, you see that there's eight cars rather than six.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: So there's, it was, it's something that you, I think, if I remember correctly, I wish Zen had uploaded this particular video to his YouTube. I think it was a Discord only thing. I vaguely remember on that Buffalo Hill track, I think the track could actually phys- physically support up to 16 cars at once.
0: So with all that said, I I think it'd be good to kind of just cover a lot of the cut content, especially, you know, this pertains to a lot of interesting cars that were actually in the online game data, but were not accessible to players. And I mean, this ranges from everything from cars that were in 2002 that were removed for online, maybe due to license reasons, or just like cars at Sega seemed to want to get or maybe thought they were getting and then things fell through because you know there, there's a lot of that in the game right
1: yeah just so sega gt had like, i think with you know they were they because online i guess they really wanted to make it kind of worth the 20 dollars. the majority of content uh, that they were planning did uh thankfully make it into the game but there was a few, there were there were a few things uh that didn't quite make the cuts and most of that uh, were was in terms of vehicles. Uh, now, one that was in 2002, but was omitted from online, I'm guessing for licensing reasons, was the Opal brand. Uh, now, in 2002, you have two Opals you can drive. You have the Astra Coupe, and you have the Opal Speedster. And if you play 2002, most people, you know, you, you, can, just, you can just choose them and just drive them whenever. But in online, they're actually made inaccessible. You actually cannot normally obtain them. And I'm guessing what must have happened, and the reason that that is the case is, they probably just the was again it just it likely just fell down to licensing issues is why those cars uh, were were made inaccessible. But they're still there. They they never removed them from the files. They they kept them there. And maybe I'm guessing the idea was maybe if they were able to renegotiate the deal or something, maybe they could bring it back via a title update or something. That's my guess. But um, yeah. So those were the like the only, and then the the other one that was also technically in the file since uh, two thousand two was a, a rally sp- a, a world rally spec Subaru Impreza based off the, like the uh, the Bug Eye Impreza like the one that uh, Richard Burns won the uh, the rally championship with. It didn't have like delivery or anything. It was just a simple blue paint scheme, and the proportion of the car was a bit large, so the wheels would actually clip through the ground a little bit. <laughs> So like it was very clear like you know they they weren't really good, like the car was conce- conceived and then <coughs> excuse me probably early on I guess they decided we're probably
0: we're
1: probably not going to use the car what's up sorry
0: yeah no no I was just gonna say it would have made for because. In terms of actual competition spec rally cars in the game, you have the 222D and the Starion. Yeah, I think the, there's the four a, wheel
1: drive rally Starion, yes.
0: Yeah, the prototype Starion. So that was, um, yeah, that would have been like the third because I, th- that game didn't have any other actual rally cars to my knowledge. It's just, you know, your, your road going lanterns. Yeah, and, I'm, I was and trying and to, th- what have you.
1: I was trying to think if there were any. And like, yeah, no, I think the rest are all road going.
0: Yeah. So those are two pretty cool, like those, yeah, I mean, especially the the Impreza, the the Opals were around 2002, but that would have been a cool inclusion.
1: Yeah, so, and then then there were additional vehicles that were planned for online and uh, never uh, got, they were, most, some of them were completed, but they never, uh, they were never made accessible. One entire manufacturer, one of which included an entire manufacturer, so, uh, in, in online, they were going to introduce uh, th- BMW to the lineup. There was going to be three BMWs that they were going to introduce. There was going to be, you know, two versions of the M3, the E36 chassis and the E46 chassis. And then there was also yeah. going to be a vintage uh, 2002 Turbo, which was pretty cool because, again, the 2002 Turbo wasn't in a lot of games at that time. It would eventually sure. uh, be added to uh, Gran Turismo 4, mm-hmm. but... Because this would have was you know would have come out before like a- almost a full year before GT4 did uh, it was it was one of the, it was kind of neat that they were initially planning it but it sadly just never happened like it, so it just kind of sits there uh, unused and then one another one that was complete so. Bugatti is actually in the game already. There's the the they actually added like vintage race cars into a few yeah. a few of them into online, one of which being the Type 59. So that's already accessible, but that car was originally supposed to be joined by what would have been the the the, the 2002 concept of the of the Veyron known as which at yep. the time they I think they called it the EB Veyron 164 concept. 164, yep. Uh it would have been based off the 2002 version and the reason i know it's the 2002 version is because on the front bumper there's actually uh, a little grill in between like the 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 two like uh, open bits on the side there would have Mm -hmm. been a grill running through the middle of each of those that was on the concept version but on the production version they actually removed that
0: oh interesting i never i never noticed that discrepancy i i just remember like The concept version of that car was orange with the uh, with the black stripe going down the center of it, and that was always that's always how I identified the concept. I know that was that was a a color that you could get on the road car, obviously, but that was like my first memory of the Veyron is seeing it in that shade. And this would have been by far the first inclusion of this car in a game, I think. I mean, apart, I can't even remember the first. Oh, was there another one? I I was gonna say maybe
1: apart from, uh, if maybe if there was like a, I would say license it would have probably have been the first, but I'm, yeah, I'm thi- yeah. I'm trying to think like maybe maybe there was like a, a game that had like the uh, an unlicensed version of the 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 very first concept from 1998.
0: And and the Veyron the Veyron was a car that like once people knew that you know once it set that record 253 miles per hour i don't even know what year that was but once that happened like that car was then a household name but before then i mean this would have been yet another sort of ahead of its time pick for for sega gt 2002 there's so many cars in this game now or in these games that are are just expected in racing games now like i don't remember seeing I don't mean to rehash this whole discussion, but I don't remember seeing like a 190E in a racing game before this, you know? So um, yeah, the Veyron and you know, it's funny cause I've, I've seen through your video and, and obviously there's a, there's a way that you can uh, patch, you know, if you have a copy of the game and maybe a mod Xbox, you know more about this than I do, but you can patch a game and get access to some of these things. Thanks to Zen. But <laughs> looking at that Veyron model, when you do, it's, <laughs> its is it, it it is a you know it's a model that could have used a little bit more work, but yeah, a, again, this car was not the household name back then that it is today.
1: I actually sure. did just double check as I was talking about that, uh, and no, I think if it had had that actually been released, I think it would have probably been the first game with a with a Veyron really of any sort. I don't think. I don't think the the original concept Veyron was in like any other game because I'm looking at the Internet Games Card Database and I can't find yeah. anything for the original '98 concept before this game. So this would have probably have been originally been the first game had it actually been made available, and you could tell like again the model like it looks a little rough compared to some of the others, and also. The name was never completed, so there was no like text. <laughs> There's no text string that says, like, you know, EV Veyron 16.4 or whatever. It reads BGA Veyron.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Typical, yeah, typical uh, Japanese English translation issues, but yeah, it's, you know, it's rare that there is a cut car in the game that, uh, people would look at and just be like oh my god if that was in the game like you know we there are the classic examples of like gt3 for example having that uh jgtc diablo that's in the japanese version of gran turismo 3 but but cut from the western versions and um there's you know a couple examples like that the 911 gt3 being another but like that's very rare like you know we know today that there was a lot of cut content in racing games back in the day but like it it's usually not on the level of a car like the Veyron. So, you know, to learn... I remember sometime in 2020, um, I, I became aware of this thanks to thanks to Zen, and it blew me away. I couldn't believe that there, you know, might have been a Veyron in Sega GT Online.
1: Yeah, and so... Uh, there are a few other cars. Uh, one that I want to say for last for a very purposeful reason, but there are some cars that they were planning, but the bodies for which never actually got finished. So what actually happens is the, the, there's information for the vehicles, mostly just texturing, uh, like their like their file name and also like performance data. But because they were never actually finished, there's no. They don't. None of them share like any body. It's so they just use like a Nissan 240SX placeholder body. But (laughs) yeah, uh, Alpha Romeo would have been joined by the then new Brera concept. Uh, Cool. uh, Toyota would have gotten an additional Celica in the LB the the LB chassis Celica from the late 70s, Uh, and. And the the LB chassis is the one that I think most people refer to as like the Japanese Mustang, because visually it yes, looks a lot yeah. like a Mustang.
0: Looks like a Mustang.
1: And uh, VIMAC, which has uh, a single car in online, the RD350 would have been joined by a second VIMAC called the RD180, which is like a two, which is like a like a little a two door like kind of like small little sports coupe that kind of it's right. It's kind of like a. a a bit of a a somewhat imagine like a slightly stretched out Lotus Elise with a hard top
0: yeah the 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 VMAX are interesting so that was I mean I think they sold you know I don't know how many but like VMAX was like a low volume boutique sort of um sports car maker I guess not unlike say your uh your Tommy Tommy Cairo like ZZ2 um, they would make sort of small version or small uh, sports cars like that, but then they took that racing in the form of the RD three hundred and twenty and the RD three hundred and fifty, and those are the cars that you see um, in Super GT in like the early to mid two thousands. I actually have been fortunate enough, and I did a story about this on Jalopnik, to to see an RD three hundred and twenty in pieces, mind you. But there is actually a guy in Long Island who is um, bought the shell of and and a sort of other components but didn't have an engine um these pieces of an rdd rd 320 and is you know building the car again in long island and he's having the source of various parts from around the world he got an engine from toda uh you know an nsx engine because that's what those cars used so Okay. An amazing piece of machinery. <laughs>
1: I never knew that. So, knowing this yeah. is really kind of cool to hear about that someone wants to kind of make continuations of that car. That's really neat.
0: I mean, he's not, he's, it's not going to be a continuation. It's just he found this. It, you know, fell through. It was pieces of this car that somehow made their way. Somebody imported them from Japan. Oh, wow. Uh, from this RD350, or sorry, RD320R, I believe. And, um, he bought on bring a trailer he paid i think forty thousand overall for it didn't have an engine didn't have a transmission the shell was there but the car was tattered it, it was it was just an absolute you know you can see the original foes of it but for the last three years he's been bringing it back to life um sourcing the parts he needs to uh he wants to complete it in the livery that is accurate to the one that i believe it ran uh it's that livery i don't remember what the sponsor was but it's a one that's like light blue it's kind of like sky blue and it fades into white um i think it was a gt 300 class car but he's trying to do it up right and it's it's so cool and he um i think he said when it's done like he he's going to take it around he's going to run it at various events and you know hopefully uh here in the states um you know, can, can check it out. Uh, he's in Long Island, but I'm sure it'll make its way around. And he, his Instagram is project VMAX. So, um, it's yeah, a, a side thing, but, but yeah, go, go find it cause he's doing some awesome work. But anyway, just anytime VMAX comes up, I have to say like, I've seen sort of, I've seen that car in real life. <laughs> it's just, And, and I, we actually had like me and the guy actually had a discussion about it. I'm like, I know about this car cause of this game called Sega GT. And he's like, wow. He's like, I, I played that game too, and like that's where I was first exposed to it. So, um, yeah, th- that's how it all comes back to video games in the end.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, so, the last car I wanted to mention, hidden wise, is particularly interesting because it is a vehicle that is playable, but only in a certain build. So, in hmm. there, in. Uh, there used to be, of course, you know, back in the day, we used to have like all these magazines that had like demo discs and whatnot, which is a really lost yes. concept, and I really miss that. Yeah. it's actually why I've been right. making videos slowly. But I've been making, I've been going through um, the PlayStation discs that used to come bundled with the consoles called interactive samplers. Yeah. So I'm kind of slowly going through those. I did them years ago, but I've been remaking them, kind of making them a lot better, better quality, and uh, just better gameplay where I can, you know, do a little bit better. I'm not very good at many things that aren't racing games, admittedly. (laughs) Uh, But, um, so... But, they for one of the Xbox, uh, the official US Xbox magazine, I don't know if they uh, also made a PAL version of the demo or not, so I don't know if if it's something that Brend could also play on his end, but (laughs) um, at least I know for a fact on our side they're they around holiday 2002 they released um a special version of sega gt 2002 a christmas demo and basically yes. what that uh what that demo was is all, all i have a video about it on my youtube of, as well if anyone wants to know a little more about it um but basically it's um it's it's just a demo that has uh, interestingly enough a a a Mustang and a Charger with liveries that, like actual like liveries on it, which is really odd.
0: They're not. They're not festive liveries though. That's why I think it's funny.
1: Yeah, they're not festive <laughs> liveries. Exactly.
0: They're like flames. Like I think that the Mustangs got like blue flames on it. It's white. The Chargers maybe got red. The flames Mustang is like
1: can they- the Mustang's blue, and it kind of has like a white and black kind of, okay. like almost like a tribal design. I think
0: oh right right yeah it's very strange the charger
1: is like black with like <laughs> flames and like a dragon on it but the third card particular this is the one i want to talk about it's it's a i i a fictional creation i think m- must have been mm-hmm. designed by someone within the studio it's called the ground effect Accio, or akio or I, I think if i remember i want to say it explains what a-k-i-o stands for it does not
0: I would love to know. I actually, I was doing some research before the show, and I was trying to figure out what that stood for. And I think any automotive enthusiast, your mind naturally goes to like Akeo Toyota. But like I, other than that, I have no idea what what that you know if it was an acronym, what it would stand for.
1: Yeah, my only guess is maybe like someone within the team called Akio may maybe made the car. But what yeah. was really unique about the car is like so it's a fictional creation. It's not a real thing, but. It was like a car that had like ground effect. It it made like over f- almost 600 horsepower and it was insanely fast, insanely grippy. It was this really like absurd vehicle. There's it just and it and it's just really cool, but it was also a shame that it was only ever in the Christmas demo. Yeah. Until Zen later discovered that the the car is sitting in the files for online. <laughs> and uh, as you can imagine, with uh, modifying the the game's XBE, which is an Xbox executable, basically like the Xbox's version of an EXE, um, mm-hmm. he was able to go in, modify it, and make it so that it was ab- ab- t- obtainable. And when we discovered as well that there was a lot of like you could access the parts that the the parts that they originally only gave out as prizes, an online uh, there was those parts, and I guess a couple like unfinished ones as well. You could make that car have over two, like over. Give that car, I, I think, over fourteen hundred horsepower, if I remember correctly. Wow. And it was, uh, and it weighed like nothing. Yeah. Like I think it actually yeah, especially- had a legitimate one-to-one power ratio, if I remem- if I'm remembering correctly. I think it actually might, may have been a bit better than that. I have to look up. At- may
0: have exceeded it. I have it, to it get the game fan, back up to remember. It had a fan out the back, too. It had, like, a turbine, and, like, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think if that car was in online, you know, was actually able to, to, for a normal person, just buy that car in online or win it, um, it would have definitely, I think, even the playing field <laughs> made the Sega GT 2002, but the later stages, a little bit a little bit more fair, uh, kind, of, kind of returned some... Uh, some fairness to the player there, so you know I can understand why they didn't make it available, or maybe while why they might have had plans to make it available at some time, but not do it uh, right off the bat.
1: Yeah, for sure. exactly. <laughs> but um, so it's 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 just it sucks that it it was like that way. But another thing we realized too, going back to the uh, the sorry, the Vaylon real quick, is that um, so. It was the one car we actually later discovered that was the only one that WoW Entertainment originally set a flag, a certain flag value to, and that value was set so that you actually could not upgrade it.
0: Huh. It, it was the I didn't realize. So there's no other car in the game that you can't upgrade.
1: I believe every vehicle to some capacity can be upgradable. upgraded. The, va- the, va- hmm. the Veyron was going to be the only vehicle where they were going to set a flag so that you couldn't upgrade it. But of course... <laughs> Zen being Zen, he just disabled the value, and uh, yeah, you can upgrade it now, and it makes like 2,000 horsepower.
0: Yeah. You can get you can get a Veyron. Uh, everybody used to complain, the people who hate the Veyron, they would always be like, it's too heavy. You know, it's not a real sports car. It's like, well, now in Sega GT, you can make it weigh 1,200 pounds. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. What, there wasn't actually one thing I wanted to mention You better hope you win every race you do online because whoever finishes the line first immediately ends the race
0: it doesn't matter oh i think i remember this yeah i think i remember this as a complaint that's very funny yeah
1: (laughs) there's like if you look at like the footage of like the uh people playing it through kai like whether it's you know my old stuff i did years ago with the kai fam or if it's me and casey or even some of the later kai fam footage or or actually i also did online with my old friend test drive as well um we yeah, it's just, you notice it, like, if it doesn't matter where you are, if whoever is first, that's it, the race is over. It's very, <laughs> I don't know why they thought they had to do it like that, maybe they couldn't figure out, like, putting a, like, maybe, you know, a 30 second timer to give other people a chance to finish, like, you know, most games do nowadays. Right. But it's, it's like, yeah, it's one of the most valid complaints, I think, uh, there is for that game, for, pl- uh, for playing against people and it's just a shame that you know it, it is it's just the way it is really i still enjoy playing it with people though but i'm you know i'm a, uh, when it comes to like old racing games and being able to play them online i'm a, I'm, I'm easy to impress so because i just like to be able to play these games with people so
0: it's just amazing to think of you know i've never messed around with Link kai or anything like that i'm, I'm in the process of <clears throat> hopefully getting a, a mod xbox and maybe able to play around with those things because before um, before I played online most recently, you know, to do this podcast, I tried to emulate it and I think I was talking to you and maybe Zen about it and, um, you know, Zemu, it's, it's coming a long way, but Sega GT is a slideshow and, you know, a very, very, you know, at like a quarter game speed at best. Uh, so it's it's not at a point where you can really enjoy this game via emulation, but um, I'd like to do that. I'd like to I'd like to mess around with, um, you know, excellent Kai and and see, you know, there's lots of people as uh, as we've been talking about who want to play some of these old racing games that were Xbox exclusive. Um, Be that Project Gotham Racing 2, which, you know, released not long before um, Sega GT Online did. And as I'm going through a SIGM review and kind of reading their impressions of the online, the thing that keeps coming back up is like PGR 2 is way better it's like well pgr2 was you know a first party title so it it, pgr2 you
1: know was was really i think like the definitive xbox racer until forza motorsport came out right so i can understand why people have that oh yeah it's fantastic
0: yeah Yeah, it's an amazing game so it's definitely not not something everything is going to be able to match but you know i think this really kind of sums up sega gt 2002 and online sort of as a whole as we're talking about it um for, you know, the last uh, hour and a half or so, which is just like, it was a very, um, it was one of those games that was quietly ambitious. You know, it, it seemed on the surface to not really venture that far away from the Gran Turismo formula, but it did some things that, you know, it would be cool, even if they were just like weird online modes or, you know, little things like the way you could sell cars, like just... Cool ideas that uh, shouldn't be forgotten, and kind of made the game stick out in the memories of of those people who played it. And also, like you know, without going into too much detail, you know, Sega GT, the original Sega GT on Dreamcast was very rough, and in my opinion, this game might be the biggest, might represent the biggest um, improvement from one release in a series to the next release of any racing game i've ever played i mean i don't know really if anything else touches it like i consider the original sega gt unplayable i really don't like that game and this game is like it's far from you know it's not perfect but like it is it's a solid 8 out of 10 like it's a solid like it is a it is a fun game in its own right and it's amazing to me that this came from the same studio and the same team that created the first game Uh, but you know that back in the day Game development didn't take as long, and, and you, can, you can kind of rebuild the game with every iteration. So, um, yeah, the 2002, if if you maybe know about the first Sega GT, but you're like, ugh, that game was terrible, I don't want to give 2002 a try, like, I think you'd be surprised how good it actually is.
1: Oh, yeah. So, uh, there's a few things I wanted to mention as well, and uh, so... You you see, yeah, I first and this is going to be brief. This is this is sort of the reason I kind of wish I was around at the time you guys did that original Sega GT podcast, because mm. man, do I have things
0: to talk about that game. Ugh. Is it the Luigi thing? Because I remember no, that kind of came out a not, couple, like only like a year ago or something like that. Not the Luigi
1: <laughs> thing, though. I did make a video about that. Okay. Um, <laughs> That was it's just my experience playing the game is what I would talk about because I grew up playing that game when it was new, including the PAL version with that Clio trophy. Ugh. that Clio trophy is the stuff of my nightmares, basically. Um, but yeah, what I was say Sega GT 2002 I think really is a, just one of those games that I really think a lot of people really needs to give it a try because it's I think a really underappreciated title. It's it's fun. It's it's got its quirks like. Any sort of uh, racing game of the time would, especially when those were trying to cash in on Gran Turismo. But it's it's one of those things games that I feel is easy to pick up and play and and have some fun with because it's sim it's it's nature and the way it's set up is pretty damn simple and it's yeah. just it's one of those things where it's just like it's not like it's not like one of these things where you have to like learn like. Like tools of the trade, or or follows like some sort of convoluted thing. It's just one of those things where, as soon as you pick it up, you you can you can kind of you can figure your way around and just go from there and kind of you know build from that point onwards. And uh, it's something that I wish. You know, I really wish we had seen more Sega GT titles. I remember years ago there were—it was always discussed, like div- like maybe there were there was rumors like they would make another title, but obviously that never happened, and it's unlikely that will ever happen. It will ever happen, especially with because how you know if it doesn't have a certain name on the brand anymore, people don't really give it a fair shot, which yeah. is really dire and i i just i hate to see how we've we've come to this point how we only have certain names that do well and then everything else gets compared to those games even when they realistically shouldn't
0: yeah i mean sega you know sega was a foremost developer of racing games you know obviously throughout the 80s and the 90s and like into the early 2000s
1: Sega has such an influence with racing games. I'm just saying like yeah, it's just real quickly like it's it sucks because especially arcade-wise like I don't think there was anyone doing arcade racing games better than Sega at the time. Like they were the kings yeah. of arcade racing games. And Depending just, on who
0: you ask Namco, but I I agree with you. I think Sega always did better.
1: Look, Sega had Daytona USA and Sega Rally, so I th- I side more with Sega over Namco. It's just a personal <laughs> thing. I <sighs>
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, we, we could go into the whole thing about how I don't think the first two Ridge Racer games handle reasonably well at all. But that's 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 another uh rabbit hole. But no, like Sega. Y- you know, a game like Sega GT 2002 to come out from the developer. I mean, this was also a time where Sega was like, we're just gonna make a game with our name in it <laughs> and GT and the year, and we're gonna sell it based on that. Like that's not that is fundamentally like a vestige from from an era of uh, an era of this medium that doesn't exist anymore and i you know that that's kind of why sega gt 2002 feels like such a weird game to me it it feels like something that would have come out on the saturn or on the dreamcast in terms of just sega making this game and thinking like we're just going to put our name on it and it's going to be weird and different, but it's going to be us. And, you know, it's not an arcade race. I mean, by today's standards, it definitely is an arcade racing game. But for its time, it was considered more of a simulation. But even then, there's this still, there's this quality to the visuals. They just pop a little bit more than they did in Gran Turismo. I'm not saying it's a better looking game, but just like the colors and everything. And, and the music and the experience of playing the game where it feels like, okay, what if the guys, what what if the people that made Sega Rally made a more serious racing game? And that's something that, depending on who you are, if Gran Turismo wasn't quite your thing, if, you know, if you were like, I don't like these, like, sim racers, like, that could have been the thing that was sort of your gateway drug into the genre and, and into that style of racing game. So I think, you know, we lose something when, you know, developers like Sega call it quits in the genre, but that's, that's always a the conversation these, these episodes end, end on is like what <laughs> damn, like all these old games, all these old like influencers you know, in terms of developers that just, we just don't get those experiences anymore, but what can you do?
1: Yeah, for sure and there's, oh jeez uh, there's one other thing I wanted to mention and because you were talking about it earlier about um, getting the, playing these online games through like X-Link Kai and whatnot with people because uh, it, it did kind of uh, carry over to something I wanted to bring up with you uh, of course when you, if you do get a modded Xbox and you, you get that stuff running please let me know because I would easily be willing to participate because I would love to be able to do that sort of stuff yeah, for but sure. uh, my, it, I wanted to mentioned something as well my friend casey uh she's done you know she's done a whole bunch of videos on youtube herself like reviews and whatnot like of the grand turismo games and test drive six even just for, for uh diversity yeah we I had guess.
0: we had casey on we had casey on for uh one of our need for speed episodes and it's like it was like a three-hour episode and one of my favorite ones we've ever done she's just so knowledgeable about those games and like yeah go uh, oh yeah absolutely go watch casey's videos of various racing game franchises are great
1: yeah, but uh, one thing I wanted to mention, in, and and I, I I might give you the link to this if you are interested. So in her most recent video, she talks about uh, how Gran Turismo Four had an online like test run. Of like, yeah. a, there's like a build and whatnot, and there's a uh, Discord there called Legacy Online that she created. And Legacy Online, the whole purpose of that server is to is to like unite players who are into old classic online gaming, like oh, like, like of consoles past, so like PlayStation 2, Xbox, and even older than that too. And like all like all the generations past, for like you know to find people who are who would be interested in playing those games with people. So and. You know, it would be nice to see maybe you know if Time Extend in some ways could become like you know that sort of thing just for you know the racing diehards like most of us who are part of Time Extend are.
0: <laughs> yeah, I and, and you know it also reminds me I've never even tried to to play that GT4 online. Um, I don't think I've really even looked at any footage of it. Uh, it's I, a I thing it's- that I've always known has existed, but I've never. Really pay any attention to it? Was just like, oh, that's a thing that they had in Asia that, like, you know, no one's ever. People say it exists, but no one's actually ever seen it. <laughs> but, I I think it's yeah.
1: because uh, it because especially since it was a, such a short-lived uh, uh test run, and and also because it um, not just not because it was sh- not just because it was so short-lived, but also because it was um, it was one of these things where just because. Because of how short his run is, people, most people, kind of forgot it was a thing, for that yeah. reason, and so like it wasn't until people found ways that they could patch it so it gets past the the now discontinued like DNAs and run on like custom IP servers and whatnot that people really knew about it. It's this and. You know, I really hope that Insignia Project for Xbox for the to get original Xbox Live running again happens soon because I would really like to see it work for 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 some of these classic racing games. I know Midtown Madness 3 is going to be one that will work. Uh, once that starts becoming a thing, I would really like to see it for just others like Sega GT Online and Project Gotham Racing 2 and Rally Sport Challenge 2 and oh, uh, just yeah. all these games that. I really just want to experience what people got to experience at the at the height of those games cuz I was just too young to be I was too young and didn't have the the I didn't have the 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 accessibility that I have nowadays to really be able to experience that sort of thing and I really just want to be able to experience that one day so I really hope people uh, continue to kind of work on that thing because even if it's jank sega, sega being able to play sega <laughs> gt online through its actual online mode would be fun to me i really want to see what have... that navigation battle is like in person
0: yeah so that was my question because i have absolutely zero experience with this so like when you set up an online race as you would now in Xlink kai like you're not using the game's online mode like how are you achieving that so,
1: Excellent Kai is a is is known is basically what's considered a, a land tunneling service. Like, oh, so okay. like if if you've ever heard of something like you know like game, a Hamachi or Game Ranger, right? Right.
0: Yeah, I remember they had them um, Yeah, yeah. So what you're doing then is running it in land mode. Yeah, Excellent. Okay. So
1: basically, Excellent yeah. Kai is like that. But it's a thing where it's basically it's it's designed in mind to to be set up for consoles and all, and whatnot. So you'd have like you know little arenas in place where you could tell people, hey, look, this is what I'm playing. This is what I'm looking for. You could uh, you set your console up so that it would you know it would talk to Xlink Kai and basically it would tunnel the System Link service so it would act as if you're connected to other consoles through System Link but you're actually connecting to a tunnel service so you're technically playing online. So the problem gotcha. with that is it only works with games that actually supported System Link. So yeah. unfortunately games like Burnout 3 for example, they th- that game did not have System Link so you can't play it through uh, X-Link Hi, sadly. Right. So, which is why I'm hoping you know that gets fixed with Insignia and I know people are working on it to get the PS2 version of that game's servers back up through like the the same sort of IP thing that they've done with like GT4 online. Mm. So, but it's 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 that sort of thing basically, where it, it, it's just you're basically tricking uh, into thinking you're connected to multiple consoles when you're really just connected to uh, an online tunneling service.
0: Something that was uh, recently really funny is you know we do streams of Jalopnik and me and my uh, my friend Jose, we were streaming Crazy Taxi uh, 2, but I was running it through Demul or whatever. Demuel? Demul, sorry. <laughs> um, whatever Dreamcast emulator I was using. And he was like, what's that internet option? And I was like, oh, you know, Dreamcast games, they used to, you know, you could, it was a system that could connect to the internet. You couldn't really do a lot of online racing, though. They're, like most games, it was just leaderboards and stuff and but he wanted me to click on it so i was like i don't think anything's gonna work here man but we'll try and like i we were blown away and you can see it in real time like i had no idea that there were actually people who had gone so far as to resurrect those servers and that dmuel would there was something provided in that emulator that would allow it to connect to those servers as if it was a normal dreamcast um, with you know, with the broadband adapter, so we were able to load <laughs> the Crazy Taxi 2. What would have been the Crazy Taxi 2 homepage that somebody has preserved um, in the game on the emulator, as if it was the year 2000. Like it just, it blew me away, and um, I just think it's so cool that projects like this are uh, are still being you know chased and, and and that people are still working on them, even if the progress is slow. I think one day, one day something good always comes out of it.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's just, it's one of the, it's, it's the thing I just really hope that, you know, as more time passes and the a lot of these older games, like, you know, we because a lot of these servers are, dis- are disappearing and a lot of these games, they, they, they had such a shelf life, they had such a, like, a legacy of being online, I guess, haha, legacy online, the Discord server, but, um... <laughs> It's just, it's one of these things that even even if some of these games were not the greatest, a lot of people, there are groups of people, no matter how big or small they were, that have these memories and fond memories of playing these games with the groups of people they were able to come across and enjoying them. And we the more we see these games disappear, it's like... Especially with the age that a lot of games are becoming online only... It's this sort of thing where it's like... I'm glad that more and more people are getting into... try to figure out how to get these... You know, reverse engineer these games... Or find ways to get them working again... Through some sort of unofficial means... Because... It, I'm, I'm a, a very vocal person... When it comes to persiv- uh, game preservation. Uh, yeah. So seeing these... And even when it comes... Even if we're preserving these games uh seeing i'm i'm also really happy that people are preserving online in some sort of capacity i know that's a more you know it's a more difficult situation because of how you know certain things and certain limitations and whatnot but knowing that these people are doing this it just makes me really happy and that's why i i really still am looking forward to insignia hopefully we will hear more about insignia and maybe it might lead to maybe some alternatives or other things in the future. If, if we ever do get to that point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely look out for it. And I'm excited to sort of explore this world of even just getting excellent Kai up and running and, and playing some of these games with people. But um, yeah,
1: exactly. Like, and, and it's, it's, it's actually kind of a shame to talking, going back to land telling, there used to be one really popular one. Uh, the, the, the UI was kind of clunky and, and a bit junk, but it worked really well for when it was online. It was uh, called Tungle. Tungle used to be a really <laughs> popular one. Mm. Uh, a really popular uh, VPN, uh, like, sort of like, L- like land tunneling, like, VPN sort of thing. But unfortunately, Tungle, I believe, was forced to shut down uh, because of... I'm trying to remember why... Um... I think there, there I think there had to have been a re- I, like I think there was a copy like a reason it shut down I'm trying to remember why it was but I I think if I remember correctly it was against their it was against their sort of like um it was against their wish basically like I think the, it,
0: yeah. <laughs> their terms
1: yeah so I I it's it was due to pending
0: requirements of the new
1: European general data protection regulation that's what I was oh, able to just find yeah GD, and,
0: gdpr yeah yeah and that's
1: it's just a shame because that tungle had a good player base and, but again with because you know we still at least have things like hamachi and and uh, game ranger and you know even even like other like unique ways of playing games with with others like parsec nowadays uh, we're we're definitely getting somewhere and i think a lot of people are getting more interested in just wanting to play these games again with people because I feel like a lot of people are, including myself, are becoming more and more jaded with the way video, uh, the gaming, uh, <laughs> the, the gaming industry has gone. Yeah. And it, and I don't think at this point I think it's I don't think it's just nostalgia tinted glasses. I think people things were just simpler back then, and I think people people miss that.
0: Yeah, and and it's heartbreaking, you know. Again, a whole nother thing, but like, when a game like GT7 comes out that has a lot of good going for it, but is sort of mired in this design that's, it's meant to give the game as long of a shelf life as, you know, Sony needs it to have and make as much money as they need it to have, as as they need it to make. Um, it, it, it is it is the the crux of a good game, but it is slanted and sort of, of um, framed in a way, to make it, um, you know, a moneymaker, when if they just did a couple things differently, you know, this would be, this would go down as something on the level of, like, a GT4. But, you know, it's, you're seeing games release unfinished, um, you're seeing games release with, like, the most egregious forms of microtransaction, and you're seeing good games uh, kind of ruined in a way, or, you know, worse than they otherwise would be because of these influences. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's just the way it is now. It's it's
1: really unfortunate because just it's it's these simple things which really can prevent some games from becoming like all time classes. Like I like GT Seven a lot as a game. I think most people do, but it's those it's those certain decision makes decisions that I think are not not just PD but also so based on Sony because you know Sony wants to make money. That's really holding the game back, and if they just didn't do that and they focus more on what the, the sort of things that made people love games like gt4 I think gt7 would would be an all-time an all-timer yeah
0: no I'm totally I'm totally in agreement there but that's why
1: I I like to play some of these older games that people don't remember, because my feeling is if I can bring these games to people's attention and make them remember why we cared about them or why these games deserved a chance at the spotlight, I feel like I'm at least accomplishing something.
0: Yeah. And and that's what it's all about. And that's why we're here. And, uh, you know what? Hopefully one day we can even revisit the Sega GT online, uh, topic. Um, with the ability to talk more about its actual online mode as sega designed it and be able to play the game that way again but until yeah. then it is it is a, a fun game to play even in single player you know it's you know it's an old game so it was designed primarily to be played that way and if you're looking for a gran turismo like experience from back in the day and you haven't tried it you know I, 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 I and obviously you we <laughs> speak for both of us we highly recommend it uh it's it's uh it's an awesome game
1: yeah, and there's. I want to just kind of tr- uh, treat anyone who's listening. If you've stayed around this long, uh, and you're you're playing Sega GT 2002 online yourself, I mentioned pretty early on about a, a, a little trick for some of the harder to beat opponents for and like like these certain events. Like, if anyone of you remember how hard the drag racing gets, if you keep say if you do that at the very end, how you get some of those cheating cars that like <laughs> you know the extra power and the weight. Uh, let me give you a little bit of a tidbit. Uh, for some of the best cars in the game and whatnot if you, you this actually will work with every vehicle but with some of the better vehicles it works you know obviously better but really well if you are willing to use manual transmission at the start of a race purposely shift all the way up to the highest gear rev rev, rev the car to all, to as close to maximum red line as you get without actually you know just holding it down uh, and if you do that you you will get a massive boost from the start. So uh, so it's a, like
0: you'll start out in in first gear but and then some even though you're starting out in like sixth. <laughs>
1: yeah, like you'll get a huge wow. it'll like it'll just just leap off the line and you, it, it's actually it, it's a very useful trick for getting past those like those cars at the start. too. the only thing of course you got to shift back down. So if you're if you're comfortable with using manual during races, that's the thing to keep in mind. But I wanted to mention that to people cuz not everyone knows about it and it, it it like it'll make th- those drag races so much easier. Like you like you won't have to just use an auto union streamliner in
0: online to beat it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good trick. I'll remember that as I'm as I'm going through the game again.
1: Yeah, I might. What I might actually do for the t- uh, topics to Discord, I might just record like a, a a little video to 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 post on there to talk to, to kind of show it in person to, to show what I'm like referring to.
0: <laughs> that would that would be cool to see. Um, speaking of, I wanted to ask Chris. You know, thank you so much for being on. It's been it, it's so easy to just talk forever about these games, and I oh yeah, enjoy for it. sure. It's a it's a blast. Um, I wanted to ask, do you have anything coming up uh, or anything that's recently come out you want to plug? You want to bring people's attention?
1: Okay, so I've uh, the last few months I've been generally kind of taking it. Uh, I've been. I say the last few months, uh, the last couple years of stuff I've been, I've been, you know, I've not exactly been the most prolific or active as I used to, and there's, there's multitude, there's like a multitude of reasons for that I don't want to get too, you know, too into detail about, but, um... What, I'm, I'm wrapping a, th- a couple things up. I've, I'll have something coming up real soon on my YouTube channel. Uh, videos I've been kind of holding off for a bit. Just a simple... It's simple gameplay stuff that involves TXR2, but it's something I wanted to revisit and kind of do a better job of, so uh, stay tuned for that. I should have that out soon. I will get the rest of for Challenge out within the next couple days. And then... Um, after that, I'm... I have a thing, I haven't announced, this is this is going to probably be my first announcement of it, and I have no ETA for this, so I don't know when it'll be done, it's just whenever I can get everything uh, uh, compiled. I want to start in some way or another, because of all the games I own, all the different, like, because of all the different, like, racing games that I have, I want to make a se- I want to- I want to make a series- of uh kind of looking over the the kind of the chronological history of 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 like popular vehicles in racing games i know there's a couple of channels that have done this but because of the amount of stuff that i have and some of the stuff that I've, hasn't been touched i really want to uh i really kind of want to make like a really big like kind of in-depth stuff about it that so would be really i'm gonna cool i i'm gonna start i my first car i'm gonna do that is uh, with the uh, probably one of the most like, at least, well, uh, well, like, you know, most fan favorite Japanese cars, the Mark IV Supra, sure. because that is in so many different games, which right. is why I wanted to do that. And then I'll, you know, I'll do it for like other cars too, like, you know. Like Dodge Viper, McLaren F1, and you know, I want to do those for. I want to do that as like a sort of thing. Like, it's it would be more of a bit, a little bit more ambitious of a project of mine. But it's something I would like to do for sure. And then as well, I will try to get back into live streaming as well because I need to. I need to get back into doing that. It's just, it's just. I've been, I guess, mentally exhausted and just things where it's just like, I don't know. It's been like. <laughs>
0: it's it's a grind, dude. I mean I don't do it, but I have so much respect for like content creators and stuff like yourself, like the, like Casey, like everyone who does it because it's it's so much work. I can I can only write things. I can write things and I can like record conversations I have. <laughs> that's about it. I can't oh, yeah exactly. I can't wrap my head around streaming. I can't wrap my head around video. Um but that's all cool. Um that project sounds sick and yeah it's you know these cars like the like the Mark Four Super they have in every game, you know, they kind of have a different legacy. They have a different context within those games. And it would be cool to explore them in that way. Uh, of course, I also want to plug, mentioned it before, but you, the long series um, a couple years ago, right? Playing Sega GT Online. And if you are especially curious about, you know, anyone listening is especially curious about those hidden vehicles, you did a video where you go through the car list and they're all there. So you can see the Veyron, you can see the, the Impreza Rally. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess um, that that just about wraps this one up. So once again, Chris, uh, thank you so much. Uh, Thunder THR is the channel, correct? Do I have that right? I want to make sure yeah, I have that's, that Yeah, right. that's correct. Cool. So, yeah, go, go check all that good stuff uh, uh, out. And uh, Chris, thank you again. And to everyone listening, uh, see you again soon. Yeah, y'all have a good one.